Welcome to the We're Alive Fancast. And now, your host, Mr. Redbeard and Mick. Welcome to episode 9 of the We're Alive Fancast. This is Mick. And this is Redbeard. Right, we're ready for uh, another new show. We got the end of a chapter. What? what? What's going on? Another two weeks after this? I know. It's gonna be terrible. Oh my gosh, and this okay. ended so well too. Casey says it's gonna be worth the wait. He says, he says, he says. Mm-hmm. He also says we're gonna hate. There's gonna be more hate after 39 and 40. Dragging it out, more drama. I'm not hating it. I'm not hating it either. I am ready for some action though. Yeah. I'm ready for some zombies. You know, this is a zombie story. <laughs> I was thinking, I was like, <laughs> are we hitting a record of uh, consecutive episodes without a zombie? Yeah, it, it's starting to become some other story. Like about really, drama in an apartment complex. <laughs> <laughs> 37 <laughs> part one is the last time I'm sure there was a zombie. This is the reboot of Friends. This is 38 part three. <laughs> we're like, totally, we're talking about two different total things. Let's keep yes. going. Yes, let's keep going. Hey guys, uh, check out our Facebook page. It's out there. You can just search for, for We're Alive Fancast. Uh, fancast being two words on the Facebook page. But get on there and uh, share your comments and all that. We've got a few people out there that like to get on there and talk with us. We'd love to talk with you. I need to get better about it. Yeah, Twitter seems to be our main thing right now. But uh, so many more people use Facebook. We'd love to branch out there as well. And just another thing, this is... a. Uh, we are covering chapter 38, part 3 of 3, so spoiler warning. We're going to spoil everything possible about that episode. So if you haven't listened to it, get over there, listen to that, and come back here. We'll talk about the last part of Unity Makes Strength. So for anyone interested that still wants to get in their votes, we start filming Dare to Survive next week. So go check out daretosurvive.com. That's right. And you ready to move into the scene-by-scene scene coverage? Uh, I suppose I am. Alright, so our first scene this week is the end of last week's, you know, Michael's on the radio, I believe it's Muldoon that calls in and says, hey, we just saw somebody driving on the road. Yes. <laughs> An old guy. And it turns out to be Bert. That's right, and we were assuming it was going to be Riley, and what do you know, it's Bert and Riley. It's Bert and Riley. You know, I kind of totally missed the fact that they they did see two people last episode. I thought that wasn't even talked about yet, but mm -hmm. it sounded like I should have already known that. Yeah, they did say an old guy and somebody else in the car, a female, yeah. I think. I'm not really sure exactly. Not surprised that I missed it. <laughs> so, uh, while, while Bert and Riley are riding in the vehicle together, and they're just talking about whatever they're doing, Bert says, uh, like, kind of, he's saying it to the colony, you know, see you in a while when you're not so blind. Right. Blind to the real threat being Scratch? Is that what he's saying? I believe so, that they should be putting a focus on her because she's unpredictable. Mm -hmm. And But the only the one thing he does know for sure is that she will strike again. Yeah, and uh, so there's no question about it. They're looking for Scratch. And Bird also says they need us to do this, you know, basically whether or not they know it or not. Yeah, you know, okay, so Riley's sad about not being able to say bye. They get through all that. But they're they're talking about Bert says he took one of the police radios 
And at first thought, I'm like, this could backfire. What if one of the Maulers get hold of that radio? Mm, yeah, that could. Uh, just my first take when I first listened through it. We know I that's old. Yeah, I didn't even think of that, but that could cause some problems. So. And they talk about where they're going to go. You know, maybe they'll hit up the old safe room. Oh, yeah, the, uh, the tower, tower opposite of the original one. Yeah. And, uh, you know, rest there or something, then head for the mall. And then wherever. Yeah, they're going to start tracking down places that Scratch may be comfortable with because she's likely to go there again. Mm-hmm. So basically the same thing Saul was doing all last season. Right. Yeah. Sounded like, you know, Bert needed to calm down for a second and probably talk this out with some people that were familiar with what had already been going on. But he's amped up with rage. Yep. The thing I like about uh, We're Alive is it's, you know, you can lay it over the top of L.A. pretty much in the greater L.A. area. And Bert and Riley are mentioned to be heading off in a certain direction and they're crossing a certain street. Well, which tells us they're heading east. And Riley at some point says turn left, which would then have them be heading north. If, when you're looking at the, you know, the official and unofficial Google Maps and stuff out there. Cool. So I just, I really appreciate that they, he puts that much thought into these episodes. Something else about the the layout being exact and uh, is the talks about how much of a labyrinth it was getting in and out of the colony. I thought that was kind of cool. It shows that they've done a lot of work to kind of fortify the area. Yeah. The next scene we come to is uh, it's Saul and Victor bringing things into Dunbar and they're using the elevator. Some of the first thing that stood out in this scene that really seemed important to me was Lizzie started asking about how secure the building was and if they were up high enough in the tower. And Saul says it's fine because they're on the seventh floor, right? Right. Okay. And this is where we start to find out a little bit more information about Dunbar. We find out it's solid brick and it's triple pane glass, so there's no noise getting outside of this building, which I thought was really cool. That was really cool for them to uh, share some of that insight with us. So things start to get a little awkward in this uh, in this scene, and Lizzie's pulling information out of Saul about the interaction between CJ and Saul and Victor. So it sounds like Riley got to Lizzie a little bit with her line of questioning. She did, and I was I was beginning to go down the road in my head that if this was going to keep up much longer, like another chapter or two of Lizzie being upset and worried about CJ. I was going to get a little irritated with it, but <laughs> yes. thank goodness they did wrap that up whenever... Uh... It was frustrating. There was a banter back and forth, but I like that, you know, when, when when Lizzie asked Saul to leave, Saul's like, no, I'm not leaving. We're working this out. Right. I, I thought that was great. So <laughs> there's a another little funny scene when they're starting to make up and Lizzie finds the ring in Saul's uh, jeans. Yeah, and uh, this is a family-friendly podcast, so oh, yes. Yes. She, uh, I'm glad that they found that. That was good. Funny way of going about it. <laughs> so Saul proposes to Lizzie, and so the marriage is on. Of course, Lizzie says yes. <laughs> Saul says Bert's going to be the best man. I figured it would have been Michael. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Vic- Victor's shocked that he's not, but I, I was surprised to hear him say that Bert's going to be the best man. I'm a- I'm a little surprised by that myself. I mean, I know they were close. I know they got close, but it just surprised me. No, that's that's just going to lead into a little wedding day drama because Bert's not going to be easy to find, and he's going to be out doing something crazy. Yeah. You know? Yeah, well, <laughs> he's going to lose the ring. 
So real quick, let's go back just a little bit in this segment where okay. they're getting, they're getting the nursery ready, and okay. they're talking about you know the baby bed, and they already have a baby bed, and how they are gonna need you know lots of diapers, and believe me, they're gonna need lots and lots of diapers. Lots. <laughs> but you know, for a second, I got a little bit sad thinking about the previous occupant occupant of that nursery. Right. I was wondering what the story of, was that pre or post apocalypse. Uh, I right, I was I was assuming it was pre, and who knows where they are, unfortunately. Yeah. But okay, not to bum out the, the mood too much. <laughs> okay, so to bring it back up a little bit, mm-hmm. you know they're talking, and after everything's kind of settled and they get the marriage thing down, and you know Saul's proposed, there was a comment about just us, and Lizzie says, and Victor. And I, I thought that was just a funny little <laughs> dynamic. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't catch that. but Oh, yeah, they, uh, they're talking about just us. I see what you mean. <laughs> yeah. It was like it was just her and uh, and Saul. But, yeah, she adds, and Victor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm really happy for this cu- uh, for this couple. Yes. Finally, a little bit of happiness, which, oh, my gosh, so many times and stuff like this means something terrible is right around the corner. Oh, yeah, I know. But I hope and, not. And I'm hoping, well, there's a couple of scenes like that, and it made me wonder. It makes me wonder what's going to happen next. But, mm-hmm. you know, something else, I, I don't know how we're going to edit all this together, but Saul, you know, Saul talking when he was saying, I'm not leaving, we're going to work this out. And then he starts talking about his, his father. That was a pretty awesome point, too. It was. So I don't know how you edit that in there, but. That kind of, no, that's fine. We'll just, it's a, this is a stream of consciousness type deal. Yeah, it's cool. So um, I've also started thinking for some reason, and I don't have any evidence to back this up, and I don't even know what made me think of this, but for some reason I began thinking recently that KC is writing himself into Saul, and maybe he has been the whole time. And it's a complete shot in the dark, but it was just a hunch I had, like maybe because Mrs. Wayland is in there. I don't know. It just seems like... To me that you know i've kind of thought the same thing i see michael as being a part of him that he doesn't express well mm-hmm. um but saul for the most part is his his uh his character because i don't see casey being a closed up person no and uh, it's it's totally goofy because you know we don't know him from anybody but for some reason it seems like there's a lot of care put into saul and Maybe that maybe that's just wild speculation. It, it it may be, but I think I think that is to a degree what what Casey does is he splits his different different sides of his personality up into different characters, and that's possible. And it was at the end of this segment that I really began to expect a time jump, though I didn't expect it quite as soon as we might be getting it, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. because we've got this wedding coming up at some point. We've got the baby coming, um, because we've got the wedding coming after the baby. I started thinking, well, maybe the wedding will be like we've defeated the zombies and everything's done, and then we have the wedding. Or maybe the wedding will be in the next few chapters, and we'll keep going from there. It's, I guess we'll have to talk more about that at the end of this. It's going to be the entire next chapter. <laughs> you think so? Yeah, that's why Casey said he's going to hate it. Or we're going to hate it. <laughs> no, <laughs> he. I think he was talking about. He was making that reference to my cliffhangers uh, comment. Yeah, yeah, I know he is. I'm just playing. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> there will be no resolution yet. <laughs> did you uh, Did you have anything left for this particular 
long no. segment. No. Lots of editing. It was a good. It was a good segment. It was. It was a good. Segment. Little drama filled, filled, but you know, quickly for squashed enga- for an engagement. I guess it needed to be a pretty long segment. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the next scene, we've got Pegs and CJ and Michael, and they've got this letter from Bert's room. And they know that. And they now know that Bert was the one that left. Right. And they know Riley's with them. Mm-hmm. And, and CJ makes the decision to go ahead and act like she was the one that sent them out. Like she authorized it. Right. So to make sure that everybody, to make sure that the illusion is that she has control. Of right. And not only that, because she wants to protect him too. And I think it's part of it is she's playing to Michael so that, because if not, I mean, it'd be basically him and Pegs and the soldiers and no one else because Bert and Riley would be locked up. Because she makes a comment about um, what do they do for soldiers when they go off and do their own thing. Or right. leave, you know, desertion and all that. Michael, you know, he says, okay, <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> and not sure exactly how I feel about it, but for right now I think it's kind of a good thing. But the problem is so many times whenever people lie in the fiction, it, it backfires. And, you know, bad things come of it. Right. So I'm interested to see if, if that happens, if somebody finds out. and All of or, it's got to catch up to, to her... To some degree. I mean, it, it, it's bound to. Especially if it continues. Yeah. I mean, how many more of these weird missions is she going to send people on and people are just going to go along with it? So, okay, yeah. Yeah. Because these are, these are battle-tested people. Where I'm, I'm getting... I got the, uh, the kind of the sense that most of the colonists are not. Right. They're not, they're not seasoned. They're, they're, they, they're, they're not the best under pressure. No, and I'm... But the good thing is I'm starting to lose some of my particular disdain for CJ. I am too. Starting, you know, coming back around back to her corner and liking her more because they made her so unlikable that first chapter back. Well, I think what helps is she's starting to explain herself a little bit more instead of demand. That helps a lot. Uh, yeah. Of course, she couldn't have explained anything last episode because it was an irrational move that ended up possibly having some good consequences, but still the for the reasoning behind it was terrible. Right. She's playing cover. And I think this may be an eye opener to the Saul and Victor uh you know, eviction. Yeah, and that's the, the other lie that may come back to bite her, which Especially since it came so easy for the Bert and Riley situation. Mm-hmm. Yep. And also in this did anything else happen this uh this segment? Ugh, Maybe yes. a little bit a little bit of lameness. A little bit of lame. Uh, I wouldn't call Michael lame exactly. No, Michael. <laughs> Peg's coming up. Well, I'm sorry for being so harsh. Really? Oh, no, but before that, before that, uh, the farm, you know, CJ's like, you know. Tell oh, me no, 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 yes, get, that. Let's get the plan going. You mean where she asked if Michael, if, uh, if she was being Peg's, is on his team? And she quickly says no. And doesn't want anything to do with it. Yeah, she's not. You mean, a you mean that piece type? where she's like, "Oh, something where I'm actually defending the colony"? No, no, nothing like that. Yeah, she's got you know, she's got a garrison type mission, not a combat deal. Oh, she's got. I mean, you mean like where other people are pulling, you know, build, rebuilding the walls and the gates and pulling walls, security and the walls done. doing everything else? Yeah, it's all done. I'm just saying, who's where, putting, you know, who's going to put the food in their belly so they can continue to do that though? Well, okay, I'll give you that one. (laughs) 
so, so she's got a real role that's acknowledged now. I get that. Uh, yeah, I mean, and she's also seems to make somewhat of a good lieutenant or whatever it's going to be, whatever we're going to call her. What? Lieutenant? Yeah, a good, you know, you're, you're thinking military terms here. I'm not, I'm thinking about as far as just somebody that's assisting the group and reporting back to the leader. I would never call her that. Let's see, I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think of what we were talking about, uh, a board member, a city board, okay, the city board member. Oh. The director of agriculture. Sure, she can have that. <laughs> <laughs> and then she gets to uh, cleaning up her mess from Chapter 37. Yes. Being the awkward penguin but that you, she you is agree herself. you agree it's a mess. Being the awkward penguin that she is herself, uh, and trying to clarify that she didn't mean to come off in quite the way that she did. Mm. Yes. I think... Uh... I think I heard you know her say something about she needs time and space. Mm-hmm. But what I got out of that was that, let me see if there's anybody else, but until then, I'm going to lead you on. No, not that at all. Let's see, how long ago was it that she oh. lost another lover? Oh, you mean as quickly as she dropped Michael? How long ago was it that she lost another oh, but wait, lover? She doesn't want to jump from relationship to relationship. Hmm. How long ago was it that she lost another lover? Like a week, two weeks? Maybe. I mean, recently, but even that... It could be a radiated zombie. Maybe. But even that, she's still giving him a light at the end of the tunnel. Oh, yeah. She said there's... She says... Possible. What did she say? She says... But what's our problem with her? She says you're... You say she said... She said, you're kind of fragile to Michael. Really? I think if... I don't think he's fragile. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's expressed anything. Anytime that she says something to make him a little bit upset, he kind of, you know, and walks off, leaves. I, well, you know, I think, I think, uh, it seems fragile. I think as soon as she said, I need time and space, she said, you're kind of, and you're, you know, they talked back and forth. There was a little banner. She said, you're kind of fragile. And I think that was the kick to say, I'm going to keep you around and I'm going to injure you just a little bit so you keep having feelings towards me and give you a glimmer of hope that this relationship could wow. work. Wow. Who torched you so bad? <laughs> I didn't hear that at all. <laughs> I said maybe what, what maybe what we had can happen again was a straight level-headed approach. And she's not last on anybody. She is standing on her own. On her own? Standing on her own. You mean behind the colony walls? She yes behind but emotionally is what could because that's what you say is she has to latch on to somebody emotionally dependent on other people she's not dependent on anybody she's standing on her own she's stepping away from somebody she's dangling the carrot and leading him along no she's saying let me have my time and let us be friends for a minute and be there for me when I'm ready and she says let's talk about this stuff <sighs> I'm done <laughs> this is good. You have a hard, you have a hard argument to to make. Yeah, I, I try to find the worst place possible. You did. You, did. you took it to, to sad. To yeah, I really sad, did. Bad town. I've been to sad town. <laughs> it's not a fun place to be. No. In the end, I hope he doesn't wait around for pegs because the relationship I would like to see. Is CJ and Michael? It's a dream team. No, I mean yep. that would be that's that would be an interesting relationship. But I'm pulling for the Michael and Pegs. I think they get along great. I think Michael and CJ work. 
They're both straightforward people. No BS, no fluff, no mind games, no nothing. No, no lying. No, a- no adolescent stuff, you know, when it comes to a relationship. What? That's nope. all Michael is. No, he's not. Yes, he is. He's just not fully emotionally available. He's well, he's, he's emotionally stunted. I, I think it'd be great. I, I would just love to see the look on Peg's face if they got together. Yeah. Oh, man. They have a. It's going to be the wedding party. CJ and Michael are going to have too much to drink or something. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's going to get hurt. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Maybe, maybe Casey's right. If he does do that, I might be angry for an episode or two. Oh, it'd be great. I wouldn't be mad at all. And, but in all, in all seriousness, something's wrong with CJ at this point, and I forgot to talk about it already. She seems to be in pain. She's she's expressing that there's something going on, and she's talking about having to lay down. There may be an infection or something going on. That's right. This is this is the first time that I've actually been afraid for CJ's life was in this segment, and I'm glad you brought that back up because yeah, they're not going to just let this be nothing. Oh, I just didn't feel good for a second. Yeah, Something's it was, probably not right. And plus, he's been pushing good. it. It's been oozing. Next one. Uh, we'll, and before we'll and chapter. before she goes to lay down, she's talking to who she wants to come see her. Yeah, she wants Pegs to to come let her know oh, about the garden. Yeah. Okay. What the plans are going to be for the rotation and basically the whole strategy. That's not as important as I thought it might have been. So. But anyways, after the Michael and Peg's conversation, we know he's happy, even if it's just a carrot dangled or whatever. Yes, there were some colorful terms used for how happy he looked. <laughs> yes. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> so we can't go into. <laughs> Michael is setting himself up for failure. <sighs> Been there before, by talking, too. By talking to the military guys about women? Uh, no, for letting himself get happy <laughs> and optimistic. That... I've been there before. I know that, what that's going to do. Oh, no. I know her type. Makes me sad. Making me sad, Redbeard. Well. Not for Michael, because he's going to be fine. They're going to get together. But for you, that's mm. that's rough. Uh, I'm I know, good. I know you're happy now and everything. I'm happy now. I've been through it. I, yeah. feel, what, I feel for Michael for what he's about to go through. Oh, he's going to. She's going to start dangling that carrot insane. for someone else. No, we'd have heard about it already. She's gonna... standing strong, not latching on. So the military guys, they're wanting to go over the plans because they think they're about to start training the colony because the walls are done. But that's taking a back seat. Yeah. And Michael says they got an out on that for the moment, but they're not fully clear of it. That's right. They're going to begin searching for the... uh, They're going to begin searching for the zombies. And they also mentioned that the lawyer chick, Kelly, is going to be working with them a little bit. Yeah. And organizing the journals, and I started laughing to myself because I was like, "Oh no, Kelly is the military intelligence now." <laughs> so I had to message the person that knows as much as anybody about we're alive, as far as fan wise, our buddy Grog, and I, you know, messaged him on Twitter and said, "Hey man, Kelly's military intelligence now." It's so funny. Didn't uh, it seems like maybe in the past she had bashed on military intelligence. And he, he replied back, uh, which didn't take him long, seriously. I mean, Not at all. Less than an hour. He replied back, got it. Chapter 4, part 3, around the 1, one minute and 30 second mark. Kelly says the journals are a waste of time. Good case. Yeah. <laughs> I think I remember her also saying at some point that something about military intelligence. I'm not really sure. A, she said something like, that. that's a joke. Right. Uh, uh, but yeah, Grog's the man. 
He is. He's amazing. So we assume they're gearing up. They're about ready to go out. Right. And it, and it fades out of that scene. And the music starts to turn. And then Michael's journal starts to be read again about how optimistic and foolish they were. And how... And the- and a futuristic journal too. I mean, this is crazy. I, I, they don't have they done this once before? All it's not futuristic uh, because we're alive. Tweeted us that all journal readings uh, are to be thought of as in the past. So four months pass before bringing them to something closer. It's still. Oh, okay. I, that messes with my head. Yeah. But, but yeah, I get it. I get it. Yeah, but four months pass before bringing them to something closer, and Michael mentions that. He encounters Randy again. End of episode. What are you doing to us? <laughs> and it creeped me out. The music turned and talking about how optimistic and foolish they were. And then it, like, it's so funny because we're already, you know, post-apocalypse. But I got the apocalyptic feeling again from, like, you know, Terminator 2 and Sarah Connors imagining the playground getting blown away. Right. I started thinking, <laughs> I was like, man, what? Oh, no. <laughs> That's good. I like that. And I even I tweeted to We're Alive. I said, what are you trying to do to us with that cliffhanger? You know, <laughs> just great. Two weeks to wait is too long. And they replied back, just wait till you get to chapters 39 and 40. The hate will grow. You know, I don't hate. I'm not hating. So expect some big cliffhangers in the future. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, man. Okay, cool. Well, it, it was a good episode. Yeah, it was a really good episode. So do we want to hop into the feedback section or do we want to go ahead and give ratings? No, real quick. Okay. So before we move on to the, the post-show coverage, the, if we're going to be dealing with the time jump next week, I'm going to speculate a little bit or ask this important question since we're talking about CJ just now. And if we think she's coming down with an infection, which could mm. be possibly happening, something's happening. She's going to get sick. Uh, would time jump four months into the future? If CJ had an infection, she's probably going to already be dead by then. Whoa. So, but I'm not saying she's going to, I'm not saying she's dying. I'm just saying. I mean, if, I know if, I was they rough on. If they don't do a whole flashback, you know, episode or chapter of what happens in those four months. I know I was rough on pegs and everything, but man, <laughs> you sound like the one that's down. No. <laughs> <laughs> I get what you're saying, but dang, I hope it's not that. Yeah, I mean, surely he wouldn't come back. Oh yeah, by the way, CJ's dead. No, of course not. But <laughs> but that's that's what scares me. Is so if she's sick, we've got to see something come of that. Not she's sick. Four months later, oh yeah, I got sick a few months back, and boy, that was the worst cough I ever had. So okay, let, let's just ponder from that point. If that does happen, who takes over the colony? Do you think they'd have enough trust in Michael at this point? I'm thinking probably not. Hmm. You or, know what? Or will you know she? What? It's gonna be Glenn. Oh, screw that! <laughs> I'm just messing with you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I, I think it would have to be Michael. It's not gonna happen though. No, but they're no. gonna have to have. I just wonder how they're gonna work in that CJ's gonna get sick and they possibly jump four months in the future. Don't know. Man, or you think she would? Is as crazy as she is about pre-planning and you know thinking ahead. Do you think she would name his successor? Yes, I know. Yeah, she absolutely would if she was dying. She'd say, this is who needs to have it. And, of course, if she named Michael, it seems like the colony likes her and they might respect that decision. They might, yeah. But this is this is way too speculative. We're killing people with this, probably. <laughs> yeah, we could. We'll, we'll talk about that. How about favorite lines? 
I know you have to have a couple. Line. I do. Victor, uh, I've got two. Victor just says, and it's kind of a throwaway line, but they're talking about having to turn off the elevator and everything. As he's <laughs> getting back in the elevator to go back down and uh, get do whatever he had to do and turn off the elevator, he says, I just love this thing. <laughs> yeah, yes. Like under his breath almost. <laughs> and the other one that really is my favorite line of the show was when Michael told Pegs, that's the most complicated version of Let's Just Be Friends that I've ever heard. That was awesome. <laughs> so true. That was one of my favorites, too. The and other... I, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No. The, the, my other favorite was Saul talking about his father. You know, and saying, no, I'm not going to walk out. This that is, was I'm, we're going to work this out. Yeah, that was interesting, good stuff. Adam tweeted to us. He said he loved the Puck and Robbins comment on why Michael was in, was in a good mood. And that's what that's what he would pick for the best quote of the chapter. <laughs> so yeah, thanks yeah. Adam. Anybody else that has a favorite line, be sure to you know if you tweet, we'll mention it here. But yeah, I, I couldn't quite list what he's what you know what Puck and all those guys said. Hilarious, very colorful. <laughs> but it, it was very, pretty funny. Very colorful. I don't know what <laughs> I said. Very colorful. Ha. All right, so we've got the ratings. We're gonna move to, and we had a little bit of feedback on our ratings. Uh, dead reviews. We obviously love we're alive. Yes. <laughs> dead reviews uh, tweets us. Can I add one thing about your show that I dislike? It's when you guys uh, rate the episode. I think you rate them too high. And I just want to. Oh, I want to say to dead reviews and anybody else that's given us feedback. Thank you for it. We like it all, positive and negative. It's going to help us get better. He re- he went on to say rate them out of five. It's better that way. So uh, when it's a good episode, it can be a three. And when it's really good, give it a four or five. And I agree with you. Uh, Redbeard, do you want to, do you want to move to that? Sure. Yeah, out of five. So that and, and, and I'll just preface this with this would put a lot of my ratings, except for the very first one of the season, that would probably be a five just because they're mowing down, you know, zombies with yes. a helicopter. That would, that would be a five. But most of these would fluctuate between a 3 and a 3.5 if we were going on a 1 to 5 scale. And that feels really harsh to me. But this episode, I'm going to give it a 3.2. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to do a, a 3.5 on this one. I really enjoyed it. I like they're just continuing the lay of the groundwork. I really would have liked to, hear, to have heard more from Kelly and Tanya just because that stuff is fascinating to me. Yes. But I, I expect to hear more. I expect to hear that probably once a chapter, at, at least. You, you know, know, them gathering information like that. There's a lot of information they haven't journaled yet, or you know, input into the computer, and I would like to hear more of that. Yeah. And hey, I don't know about the crows. You know, and <laughs> have you been seeing this about the crows? Yes. I'm trying not to look too much into it. I don't think there's anything to it. But I think what well, the original thing was that someone was going to die. And we may cut this out, but I heard the first crows that I was actively listening for this episode. Did you? Yeah, I've heard them a couple times. And I think, it. to be honest, it's just a, a noise outside. And crows are going to be wherever people are scavenging stuff. Well, twice. Just like, just like rats. Twice in this episode, they mention Bert. And right after they say Bert, crows come on. And it sounds ominous to me. And it's scary also. But... And I'm kind of throwing this to you without talking to you beforehand. And I'm edit. I may edit this part out. That was cool. But what would you think about uh, having a 
guests like getting getting grog on to because i think he's big into following the crow stuff just to explain to us and any listeners that don't know what it is i, I would love that i'd rather hear it from him than trying to you know comb the forums for all that i i'd like to get a couple of the guys on on occasion you know just bring them in for different feedback about different portions of the show or if they have something specific they want to talk about let us know yeah it seems like he really has a he likes the crow theories it seems like he, he likes to talk about them at least yeah, I've seen his post on uh, on the forums, and that's where I think I think he talked about the. I want to say that somebody said it's before someone dies, or I don't know. There's a lot to it, but yeah, he's talked about it several times. Yeah, and I've I've kind of purposely not looked at. I'm hoping that I could talk to somebody that would fill me in on it exactly. But yeah, that's that'd be interesting. Grog, a you know, tweet us, email us, let us know if you're interested in uh, coming on just to talk about the crows for a segment and. I don't know. That might be an off week episode, one one week or something. I don't know. Cool. Okay, uh, let's move on to the question of the week, which was, "What podcasts will you be listening to during We're Live's week off?" And uh, our buddy Adam says uh, he would he would say Leviathan Chronicles, but they haven't had an episode out in a while, so or that at least that he knows of. Hmm. I wonder if they're on hiatus right now. Might be. I don't. I haven't listened hmm. to that yet. I'm waiting until we're lives over to really invest any time in that. It's probably but I'm I'm very curious about it because it you know Claire Doden's talking about she's gonna play a role in it. Yeah, I think she starts in season two of it. I'm not sure if that's already started it or not, but I I wouldn't be able to tell you. But cool. Yeah, you got the next. See, Dead Reviews writes. I'll be listening to the. Uh, he says he'll be listening to, to to Leviathan Chronicles too. Yeah, and many more to name. And the, uh, the IGN podcasts he mentions. Oh yeah, what are, what are the IGN podcasts? IGN's a it's a gaming website, and they have all kinds of they have a, a huge that's, YouTube presence. And that's right, I forgot about that. I, I, I I've been kind of out of the loop. My Xbox has been in Texas all year. <laughs> that's right, it's back now. Yeah, it's back now. Yeah, he says I asked him specifically which ones he meant. He said Podcast Unlocked and Podcast Beyond, which I guess are IGN specific. Gotcha. Okay. I didn't know what he was talking about there. See, you, you got I'm glad you have an insight. <laughs> hey, Regan tweeted a whole list of them. He said, uh, yes, he did. And I've, I haven't heard of, I don't think I've heard of any of these. So I'm going to go, well, I think I heard of the, the last one, Smodcast. Yes. That's he also, Kevin Smith. Is it? Yeah. Okay. You mentioned Stop Podcasting Yourself, Edumacation, <laughs> Comedy Bang Bang. I have heard about that one. Hollywood Babylon. Babble, like talk babble on. Uh, Crash Course and Awesome. Thrilling Adventure Hour. Going to have to check some of those out. He also, yeah, I want to know what the Crash Course and an Awesome is, because that sounds right up our alley. Yeah. He said, also says, uh, there's also the Leviathan Chronicles, but the acting is nowhere near We're Alive, aside from Claire Doden, of course. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so, moving on to our listener mail and tweets. Wait, huh? wait, 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 Sorry? wait, wait. Sorry. What about you and I? What are we going to be listening to? Yeah, what are you going to be listening to? Oh, I'd have to bring up my little podcatcher. Let's see. Yeah, bring up the old podcatcher. Beyond. <laughs> yeah, pull the net out of the water. <laughs> okay. Um, I'll be hitting up the Walking Dead cast. They're finishing up their season two rewatch. That's my favorite Walking Dead, uh, the show at least, podcast. Uh, from Crisis to Crisis. No, they're not doing any new shows. I'm catching up on Michael Bailey's views from the long box. He talks about Superman a lot. You know, I like that. 
Oh, yes. Uh, I normally dip in to catch the two true freaks here and there, especially when they talk about Disney World. Like a kiddie pool you dip in. <laughs> no, not like that. No? No. Oh. No. <laughs> uh, Breaking Good, Breaking Bad cast, they're going to be doing their season five wrap-up. I'll, I'll catch that one. Those guys are great. We've actually adapted a little of our format off of theirs. Let's see. Yes. And you've, you know, I, I kind of liked the Nerdist before, but you've really got me where I like Nerdist, and I've I've been burning through some of those lately. I, you I was, know, I had, I had my suspicions, too, at first. I was wondering if Chris Hartwick was really a nerd or if he was just riding the wave. Right. But, I thought he was a faker, a poser, a nerd poser that there should ever be one. <laughs> it seems really silly now. It does. But he, he is super awesome. I mean, you couldn't, you couldn't find a nicer guy. No, he's, I mean, he is killing it. I listened to the Dave Grohl, Buzz Aldrin, Tom Hanks, and Gabe Newell all in the last few days. Yes. I, it, it's a regular podcast for me. Uh, I'll be listening to that. I'll be listening to In the Rabbit Holes Urban Survival Podcast. Uh, that's a good buddy of mine that runs that one, and uh, it's well worth the listen if you like survival topics, especially especially urban survival. That sounds interesting. And then um, you turned me on to Keith Hughes, who has uh, several books out there. You turned me on to specifically Borrowed Time, which is kind of a time travel sci-fi. I love time travel. It, yeah, and it, it's really awesome. Especially, I mean, you get a little ways into it, and it's hard to stop. the The second one just came out, and I finished it up. It's called Soul and Time. And what I'm listening to now, and we'll finish listening to over the next couple of weeks, is uh, the Gorilla Poet, which is kind of a out there type thing, but it's well worth the, the listen. It's really well done. It sounds mysterious. You know, the way that you told me about it earlier, how you don't really know what it's about, and he's didn't really yeah. tell you. You, it's like it's intentionally confusing you as to what and how things work. Because I'll just give a little insight, and it's not really a spoiler because you learn pretty quickly that things, there's certain people with the ability to write words and use their powers to, the power of the words to build and make things appear. It, it's, it sounds really out there, but it's really well done. Hmm. I was wondering how he's going to pull some of this stuff off. That's and cool. How do these guys do consume? these free patio books? And just, I mean, they must really like to do that. I don't know, but I, I tell you right now, for the uh, for the books that he has out there, uh, I want to do an interview on our What To site. And the What To site is a small compilation of things that I've written about, and I'm hoping to get uh, Mick out there to write some stuff too. But it's, you know, what's out there to listen, read, and watch what to? Yeah, what to? And I actually thought I had written one, but no, that was something else. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, Borrowed Time is really good. If you like, I mean, if you like sci-fi stuff, which of course I'm sure you might, but it, it's a nice little patio book. And uh, basically, it's a time travel thing. And I don't need to say anything else because if you like time travel, you'll probably fly out there and grab it. That's right. I remember. I think I saw you tweeting. Tweet. Tweet. Uh, tweet. <laughs> okay, so let's move on to the listener mail and tweet section. Um, quick shout out. Have, a, have you listened to the Dead Men Talking podcast? I have. I listened to a little bit of them. They do a live zombie podcast. And they, for some reason, they mentioned us on their show. And I wanted to say, you know, hey, if you like zombie podcasts, maybe check them out. And they're at Dead Men, Dead Men Cast on Twitter. They're pretty cool. And. They're pretty cool is where I'm going to end that. 
Yeah, we'll we'll throw a link to them in our show notes. You got the next one. Oh yes, I do. I'm sorry, I'm all off. Uh, <clears throat> at Adams WCGY at Adam yeah, on Adam. Twitter. Been listening to your show lately, and I like it. Five stars on iTunes. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much. That's as far as I know. That's our first iTunes rating rating, and I really appreciate it. That's really cool. Hey, uh, Grog. He replies to last week's question of the week, <laughs> which was a one-legged showdown between C.J. Uh, Dale and Herschel from Dale from the comics and Herschel from the show Walking Dead. And he asks, "Is there a radiator hose involved?" Because Shane said I should call Dale. Love the show. Thanks, Grog. You're the man. Appreciate you saying you love the show. And if there was a radiator hose involved, might have been a little bit of a different story. <laughs> <laughs> You can piece that old radio or that old RV back together. Yes. And we've got a couple tweets already about this week's show. Mm-hmm. Which Don says, Now Michael is the needy puppy dog. Clearly clearly her evil plan to ensnare him is coming to fruition. No, no, that's just a backup option. <laughs> I'm watching you, Don. I'm watching. Yeah, what's going on? Who's Team Gray, whatever? Gray shirt. I, I think she's talking about the uh the zombie that's in a pinstripe suit. Oh, okay. Uh, Regan says, another episode of Hurry Up and Wait. After, <laughs> <laughs> after two full chapters back from hiatus, we still haven't learned anything new. And is that true, Redbeard? Redbeard, have we not learned anything new? Um, Not a whole lot. Not about zombies. I mean, that's kind of the point of this show. So I, I'd like to learn... Zombies. I'd like to learn a little bit more about them. The characters have learned some new things. There, There's been a ton of character development. Yeah, and I do like that they're fortifying two locations, to you know, and possibly soon another tower, but not for the long haul. I like it. I like what they're doing. Oh, I did too. Don't get me wrong. I can I'm not gonna... people being frustrated with it because they want some action or you know some big things to happen. But if we start killing off you know all the survivors, there's just not gonna be anybody left. I don't know. That's dumb. I'm done. <laughs> well, we won't be turning off for a lot anytime soon if that's that's a concern. No, that's right. And so, uh, you getting about ready to wrap the show up? Yeah, I got a few more that. You oh did. yeah. Uh, so Don puts out. Whoa, Pegs is showing emotional growth. Mm. And CJ's not doing so hot. Interesting. Oh yeah, she picked up on that too. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Yes, Peg's showing some growth. Man, she, she's come a long way since the quiet one-note character of season one. Right. And Don, it's all in good fun. I'm just messing with you on there. <laughs> so Adam had a little bit more to share and be prepared to edit this because it's all, I haven't read through it a whole lot. Um, hey, just wanted to point out some things about the show, more so about Randy. If you remember in the second season when Michael went to the colony, he was having fever dreams. Tanya said he kept talking about Randy. Maybe he has something to do with his arm getting broke. They were taking supplies to the chopper in season three. Tanya got grabbed and Michael shouted Randy. So you and I talked a little bit about this in the very beginning. I don't know if it was pre-recording or what, but so Randy's come up a few times and we know he's about to be involved in the story more. And uh, did we talk about it during the show or do you want to share your thoughts here? I don't have a whole lot of thoughts about it other than what's already in the wiki and what most of the big fans know. Because I had, honestly, I had forgotten about this happening. But, um, so, 
Randy, I, Michael I, and Randy have some kind of connection. Yes, and I do remember Michael shouting the Randy bit. I can hear it in my head. Mm-hmm. Kind of in amazement or like, what are you doing here type zone. Right. It was weird. So, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to hear more about that. And there's also a... This is, I mean, I'm pulling this from the wiki. I totally don't remember this happening. I'd have to go back and listen to everything. But I think in, in, in a Kalani flashback to the Dunbar Tower, somebody mentions sending Randy to the water tower, to the waterworks, which is where Michael had his problem where he almost broke his arm, which sent him into the coma, right? Right. And it said, it mentioned techies in there in the wiki. Mm. Is it Randy and the other techies? I hate, I hate not, you know, I looked at it earlier, I hate to... Let me, hold on, I got, I got it, I think I got it up still. Let me look. Let's see, send, suggest to send, to CJ to send Randy and the other techies to the okay. waterworks. So, we already know he's intelligent, which kind of alludes to the fact that if you're smart in real life, you're going to be one of the smarter zombies in the afterlife. So... I'm assuming he's kind of on the same level as the uh, guy in the pinstripe suit. And that would be interesting to, you know, if there's multiple super intelligent ones like that, because we've really only seen the uh, pinstripe suit guy, ink, whatever. Right. Now, and also one more appearance. Our guest of only real appearance of Randy is whenever he kidnapped Tanya and tried to take Tanya off. And yeah. Michael, I think he... You know, he recognizes that it's recognizes that it's Randy or something like that. Right. That's when he calls out and he shouted Randy, and I think he shot at him or something like that, and he he ended up dropping Tanya uh, as he was running off. Yeah, and I wonder why. Maybe he wanted Tanya, knew she was immune. Maybe I don't know. It seemed to be some interest there because she had uh, already been bitten before that. Yep. So. All right. Well, I think that's our show for this week. We've got a few different ways you can contact us. Of course, We're Life Fancast on Facebook or at WA Fancast on Twitter. And the website at mickred.com. And mickred spell how? M-I-C-K-R-E-D.com. <laughs> also, uh, <laughs> listen, if you don't want to email us a longer take than what you can get on the other ones and have us read it on the air, you can send that to we're alive at mickred.com. Or by calling us and leaving us a voicemail at... Hold on, i got to look it up. <laughs> Forgot about it. Where's that contact page? Calling us at 424-ALIVE80. That's 424-254-8380. Yeah, call us. Leave us a voice message. We'll play it on the air. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, maybe we'll have a special show out for you next week. Or if not, we'll see you in two weeks. Yeah, I think we will have a special episode out. Just yeah. a heads up. Look for it on uh, Monday without the new We Are Live. Yes. All right. Cool. That's it. That's it. I almost ended the call. Go to sleep. Thanks for listening to the We Are Live fancast. If you would like to send feedback to the show, you can email us at wearealive at mickred.com, and we will read your mail on the show. We want to know what you think about We're Alive each week. Tweet us or email us your theories and reactions to that week's show. You can tweet us at, at WAFancast. Visit our website at mickred.com. Mickred is always spelled M-I-C-K-R-E-D. You can find the We're Alive Fancast 
on Facebook. Just search We're Live Fancast. Special thanks to Kevin McLeod for letting us use his song Ghost Apocalypse in this podcast. This has been a Mick Red production. You hear that? <laughs> I scratched my sock and it sounded like something else. So, anyways, the next scene we've got, <laughs> and that will be an outtake. Yeah. So the, the next scene we've got. Hilarious. Very colorful. But <laughs> it was very pretty funny. Very colorful. I don't know what I said. Very colorful. Very colorful. Very colorful. Very colorful. Yeah, bring up the old podcatcher. That's right. I remember. I think I saw you tweeting. Tweet. Tweet. Uh, tweet. <laughs> uh. <laughs> okay, so let's move on to the listener mail and tweet section. How could there be so much red? Why was this person acting like a rabid, ravenous animal? He could only think of one thing. No time for emotion. The gravity of the situation was taking its toll. He must get his child away from this.